Hey, good evening. Sitolile. Yes, hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Awesome. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Can perfect. you hear me on your side? Perfect, perfect. I'm just waiting for my kids now to enter. Ah, awesome. Okay, I see more kids here. Sending messages. Yeah, he's joining now. Happy face. Awesome. There we go. Hey, Mukherjee. Hello, how are you? I'm well, my brother. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Awesome, awesome. How how is the weather looking on your side? How has your day been? I mean, um, the weather was very good. It was quite sunny, so I always enjoy wearing my uh, my shorts and my short sleeve shirts and my cap. So that was good. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, then, laid back man, ready for action. Yeah. <laughs> All so, right, then your side, Solile. So, uh, yes, I guess uh, the weather is usually the icebreaker, you know, <laughs> for every single situation. Um, <laughs> so, originally I'm from Durban, so now I'm currently in Cape Town, and I have to say the Cape Town weather is very moody, you know. Um, one second the sun is out, the next it's pouring, the next it's wind. So I'm all over the place. I think I have packed everything, as my kids said, my shorts, my jackets, and everything. Yeah, you need to pack for all four seasons in one day. That's <laughs> definite. So you missing the humidity? Absolutely, absolutely. I think Durban, yeah, yeah, it's very warm, but then. Yeah, Cape Town is always the best place to be, they say. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, there's pros and cons for everything, eh? True, true. And your side? But I said if I should choose a second home in South Africa, it would be Durban. <laughs> That's for sure. I like the coast, I like the people, the humidity, I love that. I'm not so much a rain or cold type of person. So it suits me well, but like you say, Cape Town just has this something that says, come back, come back. (laughs) Yeah, Cape Town is the best. (laughs) Yeah, all right. So I'm glad we are connected. So, gents, just remember the first first part of the session. Mm -hmm. If I feel that, look, this is quite a cool quote that I can add into the recording, I'll keep it in. Um, But for the most part, I can edit before posting it on the podcast channel. So, are the two of you ready, Moketsu? You ready in your shorts and your um, sweater there? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay, then let's now call it an official beginning. Okay, so welcome to all the listeners, you know, local and international. Today, I'm very excited. Why? Because it's a beautiful day. I'm alive. But... For another reason, we're kicking off the segment of the podcast called Future Leaders. Now, this section of my podcast is very special to me, especially being an educator. For the past seven years, I am in the company of inspiring youth day in, day out. So I feel that I'm one of those custodians that needs to mold their minds But very often do we forget that our own youth is playing a part in molding the future. 
and their way forward as well. So my guests this evening, who I will allow them to introduce themselves so that I don't do any injustice to their introduction, are local gents from the sunny part of South Africa in Cape Town. And our theme, before I introduce our theme, I think I'm going to let our guests introduce themselves. So whoever wants to go first, you may proceed. Just tell our listeners who you are, where you're from, what you're studying. Over to you guys. All right. Um, I think I can kick start if Stoodley doesn't mind. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my name is Moketsi Mashibini. I am originally from uh, Johannesburg, a small township called Daviton. So that's where I went to primary and uh, I went to high school in a different area, still in Johannesburg though. And I'm currently studying at the University of Cape Town doing become Financial Accounting. So I am a CA in the making. So yeah, that's just um, about that for me. Yo, a CA in the making. Just for our <laughs> listeners that maybe do not know, because for me, CA is a cool adult. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so CA, I'm taking Chartered Accountant. Yes. Awesome, man. I stay far away from numbers, but I <laughs> trust you to be the best in that area or expertise. That is a very cool area. All right, so that is Moketsi Mashibini from a small town in one of our central provinces um, or inland provinces, Johannesburg. Okay, and over to his colleague. Good. Hello, hello, listeners. Um, so my name is Sitsule Lesitsule. Um, also from, I'm at Devon, actually. Also studying at UCT. Um, I'm also doing my become Accounting CA roots. So aspiring CA in the making too, times two over there. And yeah, um, yeah, basically that's, that's about me and actually a leader for change that's what i stand for and i'm just honored to be here thank you okay awesome sweet short to the point now why i asked my guests this evening sito lile and moketsi to introduce themselves first before they introduce and that is the crux of this evening before they introduce their organization as we hear they are two up and coming BCom CAs in the making. So they are, they got their head screwed on in a direction of finance and their career. But what makes these gents so interesting is that they don't only follow their career, they are also following a passion. And not only for their future, but for the future of either the country or the future of the human race known as the youth. So um, I'm not too sure who wants to jump in here. Muketsi, I know you jumped in first. You kicked things off for us. So maybe Situlile, can you tell us about briefly about your organization that you and Muketsi and your other team members that couldn't unfortunately make it this evening, what are you guys passionate about besides your CA uh, career path? Mm. No, thank you. Thank you so much. So we always go with this... Um, this quote, which uh, goes as um, not for ourselves are we born, 
and that's basically the purpose behind Bansula with the purpose, you know. It's an organization for the youth and by the youth. So we've seen so much inequality in education, especially in South Africa. Just to narrow it down, especially in Cape Town, where you see underprivileged students getting the least, you know, form of education and they lack holistic development, you know. And having little confidence, you know, especially from nurturing from high schools and going to university, it actually crashes down a lot of students, you know. And it, that's the sad reality which brought about Spantulo, the purpose, which is a non-profit organization. We are aiming here as our core main is to uplift township students by providing holistic development, you know, to make sure that they are also well um, announced of everything which happens around them, you know. They're also not confined within the borders of their schools and the township. We are actually exposing them, you know, to the world beyond, providing and bringing opportunities to them, even in the township areas, which people thought, which mainly, in mainly, people think that township students have literally zero future and they have literally no dreams. So we are changing the narrative, we're bringing them in, we're saying, hey, the streetwise, let us help them run anti-clockwise and bring change onto the world. And that's basically how Bantula with the Purpose came about. Okay, awesome. Do you know, while you were speaking, you were blowing my mind. To our listeners, I thought I would be as surprised as you, the listeners, hearing the story for the first time. So I had not interacted with these two gents at all. So this was kind of a surprise for me as well. And I don't know about you as the listener, but for me, this is blowing my mind in terms of um, two individuals that is studying towards a career in CA can think of many other things but here they are actually caring about a community um, in a province that they are not from, right? So we, we hear um, Sitolile was talking about there's an inequality in education. Now for our listeners that don't know, South Africa pre-1994 and even post without democratic state. We are still in an educational reform, trying to amend the rights, the wrongs of the past in terms of inequity, especially in education. Um, and he spoke about the holistic development, which I am very passionate about. We don't only need to focus on a curriculum or assignments that need to be done or the certificate at the end of the day for graduation, but the holistic development in terms of student character and their confidence, as you mentioned so rightfully, Sitolile, their confidence in the transition between different phases in their lives. And then I just love that part that you said of changing the narrative of what people would generally assume township kids to have. And that is, let's call it for lack of a better word, nothing. And then going anti-clockwise. I love that. I absolutely love that. So, Muketsi, I'm going to throw a curveball question at you. Right? I'm going to ask why. Why? What's, what's driving this passion of you? You from Johannesburg, Sitoliles from Durban. You're both in Cape Town. So, why? And I'm going to be, you know, as frank as possible. Why do you care so much? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think to start off, I'd just like to reiterate um, like uh, what you guys have both said or mentioned uh, previously about um, 
how our country is actually one of the most unequal countries across the world so basically what like given that Stolile comes from a different province i come from a different province even uh, the other co-founder came from a different province however we still experience the same problems across the whole of south africa mm-hmm. so basically i think um but then um uh, the beautiful thing about being in a country like south africa is that uh we live with a with an african philosophy or an african concept which we know as ubuntu pretty sure that uh uh some uh, some of the listeners may have heard of that this african philosophy that i am because you are so basically i cannot succeed alone i cannot enjoy the opportunities alone i come from a very similar environment however i was very fortunate uh same with the other co-founder they were very fortunate to to be given a granted opportunity that really changed uh the trajectory of their lives and it's so much that um we get to be the lucky ones we get to be classified as the cream of the crop however those around us who come from are actually equally if not more talented we've got people that have an abundance of skills and talents just that we cannot get the opportunity to actually harness those abilities harness those or meet their talents or live out their talents so that's basically why we started this we were just wanted to make sure that each and every individual is given an equal opportunity to be really the success that they were destined to become in their lives Okay now that I that I can take my hat off to you and I can I can agree with you 100% um in terms of your philosophy of ubuntu and what I find so inspirational and this is to the listeners why I invited these young beautiful minds onto the podcast is that they are not sitting with their responsibility and not taking note of it for many of us in terms of youth and that what sikulile was uh, saying earlier of our holistic development our confidence we kind of fall prey to our or victim to our circumstances and we follow a narrative that was not even scripted by us and not necessarily for us and it takes brave and courageous individuals and what makes it even more admirable is that it's being done at your age your young tender age because so many times and i can say this not as an assumption but being in the education field you have individuals that are afforded um opportunities like you mentioned you are the lucky ones right you mentioned that that does not make use of the power that they have to make a difference in someone else's life so the way you guys are approaching life and the outlook of life is in line with the podcast outcome um and goal that I want to achieve in terms of future leaders because if you don't take up your responsibility and own your power and use it in the right manner then you are what i would call a follower but if you are using it in the sense that the two of you are using it and your other co-founders and many other institutions that we may not know of you are creating a space for leaders not only in your own environment but in a larger sphere as well so well done to that 
Now, ladies and gents, to kick off with this evening's theme, I thought let's keep it local, but let's go global as well. So let's keep it global. We are looking at proudly, 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 proudly South African, proudly all African, and then proudly global citizens. So, um, I don't know, Situlile or Moketsi, whoever wants to, or you can uh, share the question, no problem. What does it mean to you as a young South African? Or what does it mean to your organization, Pansula, for, uh, with a purpose? What does it mean to you? What does it represent when you hear or when you utter the words proudly South African? Wow. Um, can, can you just share this question? Because I think also my kids has a very good you know, information to share. So, yes, no, yeah. So I actually like the concept of local, you know, it actually caught my eyes and, you know, my ears from this thing right now. And you also mentioned a very good part, uh, concept of responsibility, you know, and I think going back to responsibility, we need to also bear in mind that when we came here onto earth, it is, well, it wasn't our actually responsibility to be doing such work, you know. No one can, comes onto the earth for any sort of place of, excuse me, of living and bears this responsibility. But now, since we're already there and we see what's happening around us, now we all share this responsibility. So now it's about what can we do to make life or, or, or the youth in general better? What can you do? What effort can we make to change the status quo? And going now back to yes. proudly South African and understanding what it is to be proudly South African. I think we cannot just be, you cannot just say one is proudly South African because they can just be proudly South African. You need to understand what is big being a South African actually, you know. It's very it's very good yeah. to just look outside in the equation where we all celebrate South African victories, we also celebrate South African, uh, you know, wins. But then if when problems like these, we see them happening constantly around our community, and we are not acting towards the problems. And so being that that change, that catalyst of change within the problem that we see in the environment. And we cannot say that we are proudly South African, you know. We can't only be proudly South African for the victories of South Africa, but you need to also understand what is South Africa, what is being South African, understanding the issues that South Africa faces, understanding the cries of many youth and other people that face on a daily basis. Then we can say, I am proudly South African. And not only just saying that, but also acting, you know, you gotta practice what you teach you. So the more you say I'm proudly South African, what are you doing to change and to actually show, to show that you're actually proudly South African? What are the changes? What are the steps? What is the impact you're doing? And in closing, being proudly South African is actually understanding what is South Africa and how I am actually being a catalyst of change in this equation or making South Africa a better place and taking it forward. That's just my shit. Wow. Wow. Okay, just before we hand over to Muketsu, I just want to uh, hop on a few things there. That was so profound in terms of um, we can't just get up on Heritage Day and say, mm. I'm celebrating Heritage Day, I'm part of South African, whereas other individuals such as yourself are actually on the ground and taking that responsibility of understanding and then going a step further, acting on that responsibility and understanding. So that was very powerful words. Thanks a lot for that, Sitolile. Muketsi, what's your thought? No, thank you, thank you very much. It truly was a uh, performance, what Sitolile mentioned. Um, so, 
in terms of me i'll i'll start on a very on a very different note uh in terms of what makes me proud of south african it's it's uh for me it starts off with very simple things of which i can um can name a whole list of them which are the the normal reasons people normally say that they are proudly South African. But then one, okay. one, one interesting thing about um, about uh, being South African is what really captures my heart is the is the beauty and and the genius of our culture and our traditions. When I mean, you live in a country where we have so many traditions and then they, they're not just traditions, they are lessons, they are values, they are systems. Um, behind all those traditions so for me that's just one aspect of being south african that really makes me happy to be south, to be south african however on the more um in line with what stolile has mentioned it is true that um being proud of south african shouldn't only come from um the successes uh, that we currently have for me it's basically um it's it's this it's the spirit of of someone that calls themselves a south african that is able to get a problem today and then try and work around the solution for me that that is ex- that that's what um defines a south african for me because there's in that um, however big or small the problem is and that it shows our our resilience as, as as a nation it shows our our empathy to one another in that process of trying to solve a problem working together and a it's like a positive uh, working discipline or a spirit and morale and that it seems to radiate across all, all 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 the different provinces but that sense of community that sense of working together to achieve something greater despite our differences and our diversity so that's that's what makes me proudly South African. awesome 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 and i could not agree with you more that in this crazy land called South Africa, we are blessed with diversity, with traditions, values, and systems. I could not agree with you more. Um, and the words that you have mentioned that really caught my attention, um, in case you missed it, listeners, he did not say we are sympathetic towards our environment or our people, which means we're just saying, ah, shame or oh sorry and then carrying on with our lives he said we are empathetic which means that you try and walk a day in that person's shoes and try and understand them rather than just viewing from the outside so an empathetic view and then the discipline in actually doing something now what what makes you guys in my eyes um leaders of this country is that your discipline is not forced upon you. So if I give you a simple example, at school, they tell you study for an exam. Your teacher told you to study, that is why you are studying. But who is telling you to do this um, outside of your BCom studies? That is your self-discipline. And that is what it takes to be a leader, to do something with an internal passion and purpose and direction towards something greater and having a greater sense of community irrespective of cultural racial spiritual religious divides there is this one common denominator that unites all of us and that is called humanity so thank you very much for that um moving 
swiftly into our second section here. So now we looked at what, what it is to you in terms of uttering the words proudly South African. Now we live on this beautiful con- continent known as Africa and we are there at the bottom south, right? South Africa. So in terms of holistic thinking on a continental level, what do you think it will take for us to to change this concept, not change it, but um, think of it differently and not only coin it proudly South African, but be truly proudly all African. What do you think is the current mindset and what is the required mindset? And where my question comes from is one specific current, I will call it um, mindset or negative mindset, and that is xenophobia. All right. So I just want to hear from you, you know, as the youth, the future leaders, what do you think is the way forward for us to truly embrace a proudly all African concept? Mm. More guilty, so I'll leave this to you, my kind sir. All right, most sure. Um so yes, Asif, I think you mentioned very good points there. I mean, um there are Quite a number of uh, negative mindsets that currently prevail in our country and our continent as a whole which i mean there's a whole list of them however i choose to um not ignore them uh turn a blind eye yeah. to them but but rather i think for me personally um i feel like we already have in terms of uh the foundation of our mindset i think the foundation is already built and it's already set I mean, alone, I'll just go back to what I mentioned initially, that um, as a continent, or let me start with a country, as a country with us living on this principle or having this principle called Ubuntu, this this philosophy, we already know exactly um, what it entails. We have, we are aware of all the values and all the principles that are embedded in that in that one word. So for me, in terms of mindset, we already have mindset, we already have the knowledge, the working knowledge and the wisdom. However, I think the only difference uh, in terms of what is currently happening now and what needs to happen is us applying what we know. I mean, uh, yet people that like, will all know everything, all know about um, the, the importance of, of uplifting another, the importance of reaching out to another, the importance of uh, keeping strong in a but then yep. it, it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything when you do not apply those things. So for me, it's just taking the concept of Ubuntu, taking the African philosophy, and then really applying it in our daily lives. Something simple. I mean, with through Pantula with the purpose, I believe that's us taking the concept of Ubuntu and then relating it to social work. And through that, we can we can echo all these African thoughts of uh, um, acceptable ideas and philosophies, and really be a great nation okay okay i hear you i hear you so the foundation the principle is there the the content or concept is already known to to the foundation and so we are all aware of it so it's just a matter of applying it yes i i, I honestly think that and for um, for the longest of time, many people think um, it seems like a very big task. I mean, 
where do I start? It's the same thing with leadership, whereby it seems like a very big task. Like, okay, maybe I, I first need to finish school before I become a leader. I first need to do this. But really, this this principle is something that we can do on a daily basis. Like, if I'm walking on the street, there are many ways, there are many scenarios in which I can really apply the concept of Ubuntu. It's, it's an everyday type of thing. It, it does not need you to plan you to be in this position first or it's very simple that's what i'm just trying to get yeah. it i hear you and you know what what is so amazing it says if you read my mind for the next question that i wanted to pose to you still sticking to all african because um for me i visualize things so now i see awareness on the left hand side and i see application on the right hand side and in the middle there's this flickering light that says barrier what is stopping people from doing it and you just kind of touched on it now where you were talking about people's confidence in actually knowing they or using their power or their responsibility even in the smallest sense so do you think people think that they must first be titled a leader or in this powerful position or institution before they actually act and are you saying that you don't need to you can actually start as small as in your household for example honestly speaking that is that is exactly what i'm saying i think i think yes um just not to deviate a bit it's the definition of leadership that seems to be somewhat I think we we have we happen to get it wrong. I I believe uh, that leadership is simply a matter of capturing hearts and minds. It's very different. I mean, you could look at management and leadership. I think in terms of us getting the titles, getting the roles, getting the experience and everything, that would be more applicable to management. But I'm not really um, um, clued up in like in these roles. But in terms of leadership. Leadership is very, yeah. very simple. Anyone and everyone can and is actually uh, a leader. So that's just my take on it. Awesome. To the listeners out there, if you didn't know, I never knew I'm a leader as well. So take that title and paste it on your wall. You are a leader. Thanks a lot for that, Mukushu. Tito Lipe, my friend, you are still with us. Tell us what does it mean to you or, or what do you think are, are the, the steps that we need to take going forward to get from awareness to application to become truly, proudly all So yeah, um, thank you. So yeah, we mentioned uh, about leadership and actually touched my heart over there. And for you to lead, there are steps that you need to take, you know, you can't just be called a leader just for the name, you know, you need to act and be a leader, you know, whatever you do, taking necessary steps, you know, to make whatever change you want to make a change, you know. And so now okay. going back to your question, what are the steps that we need to take? So firstly, and you need to, I think we also need to understand other people, understanding and actually understanding people's background first, you know. And I think that plays a huge impact on underlining factor when you are leading you know it's not like a, a what you call this a one size fits shoe everything there's this saying which goes like <laughs> absolutely in leadership so i think you need to understand people's background and after understanding people's background then you can effectively apply those steps going forward south africa we have as, as Mojeta said 
we do know the concepts of Ubuntu. We do know the importance of giving back and actually uplifting. Because I believe everyone in the world is in a position of uplifting someone, actually making a difference. Everyone. And so going forward, how and where do we start, you know, changing your mentality? Everything begins with you. Changing yourself, making sure that you understand people's background, taking effective steps, whether it is making the smallest change in your community, helping someone, like, as I said, everyone has the capabilities of making a change. And I'm, I'm sure by you doing that, South Africa, we are able to reach hundreds upon thousands of people and effective change we are able to witness in the continent. Okay, awesome. And I think the one take-home message that I'm getting from you is um, that we can't just assume a title, right? And like I said, just paste it on your wall. It actually comes with a responsibility as well for actually applying and participating and understanding, like you said, like there's no concept of one size fits all. So we can't paint everyone with the same paintbrush in terms of their struggles and things like that. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. And then what you mentioned now towards the end is um, the mindset and looking inward and then mm. working outward. So you can correct, you and Muketsu can correct me if I'm wrong in my interpretation that to me, I perceive it as many leaders being stuck in their own mindsets. They are stuck inward. And the, 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 the coming out, so whether they are currently leaders, so I don't want to get onto that topic of our current leadership and what's happening in their minds, but in terms of future mm-hmm. leaders, you know, um, the normal person sitting at home, that has this voice inside saying, I can't be a leader. Who am I? What can I do? Um, and we'll we'll definitely look at that towards the end of the podcast in terms of some words of inspiration and encouragement towards that. But to me, I perceive many of our youth as being very trapped inside their mind on a narrative, like you mentioned, a narrative of a lack of confidence in that actual word and power that they have to apply this principle known as Ubuntu. Do I have it correct there in saying in terms to, what are your thoughts on that in terms of being uh, uh, stuck in a mindset of a, a lack of confidence of leadership? Yeah, I think I think you really do. Um, it is currently what is happening. Um, I'm not sure if it's only limited to lack of confidence. Uh, I'm not sure if there's, there's there's other factors to that. But then at the moment, yes. I, I would really agree with you that it's just that uh, that fear of taking a step and um, just doing something, uh, acting, and really making a change, whether in like the smallest of spaces or in the biggest of spaces so it's just you to start just making it safe and like Chitolilo was saying and yourself understanding what you are moving your action towards understanding where that action is going what purpose it's being driven towards like it's pointless I just get into a car and just drive but I have no direction 
and, and just to add on that if I can um, so sometimes I, 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 I'm off from belief that if you actually understand or if somewhere along the line you've actually felt that need to make a change probably you've been in that same background probably you've you know walked you know that that walk in the park which wasn't easy you know I think you have literally the more what's the word the more energy the more fire within to actually stand up and make the change because you know how it feels and you, you certainly do not want for some other person or any other person for that matter to actually feel how you felt to be actually constrained to it that whatever environment that they, they were you know constrained in so having that within you and that that fire burning in you you actually stand up and say no no i think this is enough i actually have to stand up and make the change and i think those people which have some experience shared experience or common background those are the people who actually actually first understand the struggle of the people you know and now having that sort of understanding of the struggle when they're doing it they're doing it wholeheartedly it's not just a matter of me getting up taking pictures for the good that i'm doing hey i've just helped this person but if you actually understand as understanding where they've come and what and what they're currently experiencing then you are a leader of, of change actually understanding the reason behind it all Ah, okay. So you brought up a very good point there where you actually have the personal experience, the experience that somebody can relate to that that would make you an effective leader moving in the right direction. And I'm pretty sure that everybody in their life has a struggle, a struggle that they feel is an injustice either to themselves or the community. It just takes that discipline, like you mentioned, and empathy and sense of community to actually mobilize your thoughts, plug it into this foundation known as Ubuntu and apply it towards a purposeful direction. Wonderful. Right. I don't know about you as the listeners, but I'm getting goosebumps here in terms of the the power in the words and the conversation that we're having. And I don't know if you can remember the beginning of our conversation. These are two CAs in the making. Did you forget that? I, in my mind, the two of you are just powerful leaders changing the country, changing your community one step at a time. But in the background, you are also moving towards your career aspirations as well. So that's truly admirable and awesome. So moving on to our final question or point of discussion for podcast. Um, how or what can proudly South Africans or Africans contribute to, um, let's call it the social responsiveness? Because as much as we are having struggles in a local sense, there is a global struggle as well, and specifically with the youth, specifically the youth being the future leaders of tomorrow. So what do you feel? How and what can we as the proudly South Africans or Africans contribute to being socially responsive to, to being local citizens and specifically, you know, speaking to issues of youth and future leaders? Mm. Um, 
I'm not sure if you guys can still hear me here. Yes, perfectly. Yeah, you are. So oh, what? All right. Sorry, I thought I got kicked off the call. Thank you very much. Um, I while while oh, I'm editing, okay. I might as well just contribute to the question. So, in terms no, of um, <laughs> us um, as a nation, um, I honestly think that um, we've already made a great contribution to the world at large through how we've how we've shown our resilience in overcoming some of the biggest problems that the world has ever seen um, and how we not only survived but we still emerged uh, as, as humans despite the hardships and we thrived through, through the many hardships that we experienced so for me i feel like um we've shown the world uh how Muketsu, are you still with us? Oh, okay, I see Muketsu. You just got lost there. Okay, so hopefully you will try and reconnect with us. Okay. Uh, hopefully short, um, uh, shortly before we end. But um, Sikulile, can you perhaps, um, you know, share your thoughts on um, what we as proudly South Africans or Africans can do to contribute to global social responsiveness, specifically uh, speaking to the youth. So you mentioned a very good part with, you know, uh, the youth, you know, and helping the youth, you know, as you said, the youth, we are the future leaders, you know, we are the world changers of the country and the continent in totality. So with every youth, every person, I believe, or there's this quote which goes like, be the mentor which you, you wish to have had, be the mentor, you know. And this comes from a, you know, sharing to people out there, you know, from the personal personal sense that you are in a position to actually help the upcoming youth. You are in a position to help a, a, a youth person, a child who's coming, you know, from every, every single background where they can come from. Be that mentor, you know, guide them, show them guidance, show them direction, you know. As an older person or as a person who's more informed, more educated, who has been, who actually walked different parts of life, be there, be a soldier for them to hold on, you know. And I think from there, when you are able to actually mentor, you know, from a young age, being there to be a shoulder for some time, sometimes for them when they cry, you know. And I think those small steps, you know, that we can do can actually make a huge impact in the long run. Because honestly, we all do not have probably money to just start buying, you know, different social responsibility activities or events and stuff like that. But then from a, a, a small cost-effective, you know, dance, be a leader, be able to mentor, be able to show guidance, be able to lead future generations, you know, taking them within the same journey, showing them the good and the bad, the right and the wrong, then in the end, you shall have a great leader emerging, which is the youth of the country and the continent. Wow, okay. Um, I, I like how you started that off by saying be the mentor or the leader that you wanted. So, all of our minds we have this idea or we have the exact example of somebody a teacher a, a community leader our parents whoever that role model was that positive influence in our life and we know that value they added to us and we can mimic that and become that as well or if we did not have the example we have a thought uh, can yeah, welcome Ketsi. can you hear welcome, us welcome welcome 
Awesome. Continued. We were sadly missing you there, but we are glad you are back. So, Situlile just latched onto that um, question, the last question. So, I'll give you an opportunity now to share your thoughts as well. So, what Situlile was mentioning was being the mentor or the leader that you wanted. So, you need to be that. It's quite inspirational. And starting at a small level, no matter what, like if you don't have the financial resources to do this big thing of a social responsibility or social development, it can be as small as just having a conversation with somebody that has this ripple effect and that will follow you and be inspired by you. And that, in a sense, is a leader. And what you mentioned earlier, the difference between a leader and a manager. So a leader will be the one that shows you by example, right? And that is what you guys are doing and showing. So starting off, and I mean, come on, in today's digital age, how difficult is it for you to actually use your social media platforms or these applications on your phone? to connect and share with individuals, like-minded individuals, and draw a crowd of, whether it be social um, on Facebook for now, but later on meeting up face-to-face, for example. So we are in a very fortunate, a dangerous, very scary, but a very powerful and fortunate generation and century of technology that makes the world so close to us that time zones don't even matter anymore. Yes, yes. All right, you guys are still with me, eh? Okay, awesome. Okay, so Muketsi, just before you uh, lost connection there, you were um, going to share your thoughts on how we as proud South Africans or Africans can share to the global social responsiveness um specifically oh, yes yes you. yeah i think uh, before i was cut there i was just saying that um we already have given the world a gift uh through our concept through our philosophies that that is that alone is a gift to the rest of the world we've shown and displayed this this notion of oneness okay. and how through um, collaboration, through working together with other people, other organizations, um, and showing compassion and empathy, as I've, I've mentioned, and how we can use that to really make an impact that matters in many different areas. Um, so I already believe that, as I've mentioned again, it's, it's the mindset that we have. Uh, now it's just, we be, I believe that the world just needs to, like every other place just needs to take what we've shown them um, and and really apply it in, in, in their spaces, whether it be a small space or a big space. We need to do something with, with this mm. with this concept that is so powerful. Yes, yes, no, I totally agree with you. And you know what I can hear in your voice? It's that passion, that drive, that fire. And, and as you mentioned now, and that's such a beautiful word, um, we we've been given a gift that is so amazing but in my mind you know i see this gift and it's called ubuntu but it's still wrapped up beautifully with a bow on top so it just needs that purpose-driven mindset that empathy that compassion that drive for change in yourself and your community it takes that mindset to actually unwrap 
this gift and open it up. And inside are all the foundational principles of Ubuntu. So for our listeners in South Africa and in Africa, you would be well aware of this concept of Ubuntu. For our international listeners that has tuned in to this podcast segment, I, I encourage you to, to do a bit of research on what the meaning of Ubuntu is. And as Muketsi and Situlile has mentioned, it does not matter where we are from in this geographical space that a principle of Ubuntu, whether it originated in South Africa or Africa, that's not the argument. It is a principle that connects us as humanity. So we can take this principle, an African principle, and apply it in Europe. You can apply it in America, in Asia, wherever the principles are based and premised on humanity making that small but significant change in your immediate circumstance first through environments and um, um, examples that you have gone through perhaps and taking a stance on that and ripple effect to others in order to make change. All right, so that I'm very inspired through this conversation that I've had with the CAs in the making, Muketsi and Situlele. I just have one question for you guys. Through your busy schedules at the University of Cape Town, right, which I know is no <laughs> laid-back university, you, you work there, right? Where do you guys find the time and the energy to, to, to actually show this type of empathy, this purpose, this passion? And, well, that's a really tough one. <laughs> My guess is that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think um, it's tough, right? But it's, it's it things that we are dealing in a very different situation. Um, it is it's, it's a time-consuming type of thing, but then it's the reason behind it, right? So it's a different case where I mean, we are at UCT, as we've mentioned. It's it's a crazy schedule. Um, we've got so many things to do on a daily basis. It's quite overwhelming. And then if we're doing something else like um there's yeah. a different job where we have tasks to do and then just handing to someone else, it would it would really kill our spirits and we wouldn't be able to survive. But then now we are dealing with something quite different. Here we have humanity at heart. So when I'm done with my academics, when I'm done with my submission, the minute I step into something that I'm doing for someone else, for the betterment of someone else, that does not tire me. It only inspires me to do more. It only inspires me to be hopeful. It gives me that motivation to keep on going and really it, it, it's just a it's like a loop. It really is a loop. Yeah, I get tired by my own stuff, by my own crazy days at PCT. And then when I do something really connects to me that 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 is going to be so impactful for, for someone else. That what keeps that's what makes it so easy, I think. Okay, and you see the living? What yeah, keeps so, you uh, running all the hours? Four hours in a day, you know, and I think as Mikey absolutely touched on, I think it's the reason and the purpose that we're doing it for. And I think it just makes us grow, you know, individually, it makes us grow, you know, and secondly, you are, if you, you know, sleeping at night knowing that you've made a difference in someone else's life, you know, you've made, you've made an impact. I think that actually, uh, it's something which I would never trade for, you know, and 
yes it's for the purpose and for the impact so yeah <laughs> awesome awesome i think i think what i got from that is at uct you're watching your clock you have submissions you have deadlines but once uct is out it's like time stands still and you're only governed by passion and reason and purpose and that if you use that as your currency of time um i think you do things that people think are superhuman but it's because it's driven by an underlying passion and a reason going forward so thank you for that okay we are slowly reaching and sadly reaching the end of our podcast um and i want to thank you guys for joining and again taking of your um time you know your 24 hours to share with us your thoughts your passions your feelings and um as mm-hmm. as up and coming and successful uh chartered accountant of South Africa in the financial world to still have the time and energy to to pursue a passion and a purpose that is community driven by the principles of ubuntu so before we say goodbye Um I would just like to hear from Ketsi and Sukulile any closing words that you have um in terms of your fears when you started out somebody that may be listening to this that is inspired but has this little voice saying ah you know not me so are there any fears that you can share when you started out that you the barriers that you had to cross before you got to this point where time doesn't exist in your passion Are there any words of inspiration or closing statements that you have for our youth listening out there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a it Sounds easy but it's quite a tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's easy from my <laughs> side to pose a question, I know, but I think what makes it more harder is that that um w- with people that move with passion and purpose, they don't generally stop to think of of why or it's just something that's driven from the inside and you are going and flying with it but i think it is also important that we need to you know just take a step back and and congratulate you guys for doing things like this and and the inspiration that you um cause and the catalyst of um motivation that you cause in the listeners in somebody else maybe not through your interaction but they watch you they watch you on social media they might not be chatting to you or giving feedback but you are doing something that somebody is inspired by so i think you know through this platform i want to grant you that opportunity to actually share your personal you know um journey towards this in a short you know statement of encouragement to youth that wants to take up the space okay. of leadership. Um, so basically I think I have I'd say that I have three words um for that uh well they don't form a sentence three independent okay. words. So for me it's action, inspiration and motivation. So basically for me um I think it was understanding uh inspiration, my inspiration. I mean I define inspiration as as something that stimulates my mind that uh something that stimulates my All mind right. that gets my mind going when um 
when I do what I do, when I think the way I think, when I feel the way I feel. For me, that's where I got my energy and my enthusiasm to actually, um, to actually conquer this fear of, of doing something and really starting. And that's when uh, action comes into place. I mean, you can just sit there with inspiration the whole time and like feeling good. Yeah, but then it really yes. doesn't mean anything. Uh, in, in, in the in the in the bigger picture you just really need to act you just need to get uh to get out and do something and for, for me that's when after when 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 the action is out of the way uh that's when motivation comes into place um it's 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 when you'll ask yourself questions like um why you are doing what you do why you think the way you think why you say what you say why you why you are what you are so for me that that's just the process that i kind of followed um to, to actually get this this going and wonderful for, i think as a young person yeah it's just going back to that concept that you mentioned earlier on that we tend to shy away from this uh from these leadership roles and title leadership roles mm-hmm. because we think it's a title that is that means like so much and so much before that but it's like it's very simple it's it's it's, it's really about um inspiring acting trying to set the pace it's just uh working with people and really working towards a greater goal so that's what i just uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a greater common goal awesome awesome so action inspiration motivation and what i like is the main question you keep asking yeah. yourself is why 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 Find your purpose. Why are you doing this? Why are you getting up in the morning? And that's keeping you motivated towards your action. Awesome. Thanks a lot for that, Muketi. Yeah, so Muketi gave what you words. I have a small, you know, um, reading from this African Energy by Ben Okri. And it says that there are things that burn me now, which turn golden when I'm happy. Do you see the mystery of our pain? That we bear poverty and we are able to sing and dream of sweet things you know and it is because of that which keeps me going you know that as south africa as the youth you know there are things which always burn us you know our struggles every single thing from a day-to-day basis but then they turn golden you know when we start making the change when we start standing up to make the change they turn golden and from that we see our struggles we go through our struggles struggles and but then we are still able to find happiness to find joy you know, after that and then that, that is what keeps me going and i think people if they can if they're able to find joy in whatever they're doing they then should stand up you know to make a change so once you make change and you find joy in doing that well that's that you have it over there you know and there's yeah there's nothing else that i have to say but then yeah we bear the poverty but we are able to sing and dream of sweet things at the same time. That's just my closing. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful words. And as as I can gather from this, from three simple words of Mukeze, action, inspiration, motivation, and from Sitolile of dreaming and turning golden and taking your um, circumstances and not being dictated by it but actually turning it into something more positive and using it as a vehicle to effect a positive change moving forward we can see that this concept of leadership should not only be confined to a 
suit and tie perception. It should not be confined to a luxury car. It should not be confined to this uh, high towering building with a beautiful corner office and view of the world. It starts on the ground with a simple conversation with somebody else that brings about a change in the right direction. Um, so we have sadly reached the end of this evening's podcast and I am so excited and motivated. You know, I just need to put the action there in Muketsi. Um, in terms of the conversation that we had this evening and opening up the segment of future leaders with two inspirational gents that not only pursue their career, but pursue their passion. They wake up in the morning and in one instance, time dictates their schedule in terms of their studies. And after hours, it's their passion and motivation for a better tomorrow that fuels their energy. So with that opening podcast, I trust that you, the listener, has developed some sort of a mindset and that you are going to look into the concept of Ubuntu and find your inspiration and motivation to apply it. From my side, to Muketsi and Sikulile, thank you very much. And I wish you well, firstly, with your um, financial sector journey and become accounting. Um, I, I know people in that sector and yeah that is a great challenge on its own so my hat goes off to you guys for that but more so my prayers and thoughts and support is with you on your journey for change right no matter how small and the passion that you guys deliver is an inspiration to me and i'm definitely speaking for the listeners out there to them as well to see that it exists in youth that you would not necessarily expect to go anti-clockwise or against the narrative, but it takes that type of personality to do that. So if if our listeners want to uh, perhaps just check out um, more about Pansula with a purpose, um, where, where can they find you? I will also post your um, social media handles and so forth on the podcast um, description for this evening. But um, just share with us where can we get hold okay. of you? So we have a Facebook account, um, Pansula with a purpose on Facebook, Instagram, Wola Pansula. And reach us on our email address at info, info at wallapantula.org.za. And yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, all right. Um, just for our non-South African, um, you know, listeners, Wola, can you just spell that? And that is a local term for... And then just explain what, what Pansula means just in closing okay, for our international listeners. Um, Wallace, uh, the, in terms of the, the spelling, it's W-O-L-A. Um, and then in terms of Pansula, Pansula is, yeah. um, Pansula is, is, is a local term, actually. It's a, 
it comes from a, a dent that was that was formed uh, back in the I think it was like in the 1960s around mm-hmm. around the upper area of which um yeah it, it just resonates to someone that comes from a township is born and bred in a township that's a, that's a, in terms of applying it to the day and age it basically still speaks about an individual that comes from uh environment like a township however in that with the purpose part means that i just try to change that narrative that you coming from a township limited to this you coming from a town uh like the spaces corporate world cannot be this, which is yeah that's where the, the 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 name comes from so get a bantula someone comes from a township and like these kind of areas but then with the purpose in life hmm. excellent so yeah so it, it originates from a time of pre-1994 during a a social regime or structure that brought about inequality but now you are dancing and creating a tradition going against that narrative and moving with that dance towards a different purpose or with a purpose so i absolutely love that so thanks for clarifying that for our listeners that are maybe not familiar with these terms um Yeah, these are local terms that has entrenched meaning that these two youth, Sitolile and Muketsi, has revived and brought about a different perception and thought. So I leave you with that closing words and thank you very much for tuning in and listening. And thank you to Muketsi and Sitolile for taking up of your um time, your your precious time to actually share with me and with the listeners um your purpose in creating a better future and creating future leaders and being that leader yourself so thank you very much for that um yeah is there anything else you guys would like Shout to, to, to say just before we close off <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay so some listeners that has tuned into my other podcast segment marriage and me they are referring to my wife so my wife as an organizational psychologist has connected me to these two young gentlemen and their organization because she has also done some work with them as well you yes, asif i think um firstly thank you for the invitation and your wonderful hospitality it was really great i really enjoyed the session but me thinking even deeper than um I thought um I had the knowledge of some things but now it really inspired me to actually go out there and really do more and think a lot about the current situation in our country and my contribution to making this a better place. Thank you very much. My absolute pleasure. And and like they say success breeds success. motivation brief motivation so i think by keeping platforms like this it keeps your purpose alive because often we we don't think about what we do we yes. just do it we just go go and do it but when you actually get connect with people like minded people uh, it kind of reminds you also why are you still doing this and how it all started out and it gives you that renewed sense of inspiration and motivation for your action so 
thank you to you guys as well for for joining me. It was an absolute uh, just, blast. Just we off See, Lily, anything? We, we just say Toby Chow. So Chovito ah, is usually when explain that dance, to me you know, too. Just end everything. Just say Chovito, you know, signaling you know success and significance. So Chovito. <laughs> ah, okay. So on that beautiful note, I will not say anything else. But thank you very much to the two of you, and God bless in terms of your journey going forward with your studies and with your passion. And I look forward to connecting with you and sharing more thoughts um, on our listeners in terms of future leaders. Right there, you have it, listeners. Our first segment kicking off future leaders with Mukedzi and Situlile, two locals from Cape Town, South Africa, that are doing much more than just for themselves. Have an awesome evening and God bless. Hey, good evening, guys. So. Tonight we are kicking off episode two of the segment uh, Marriage and Me with my co-anchor Zarina and I'm going to let her introduce today's topic for for this episode. Good evening everybody. So today's topic is the honeymoon phase. So it's a combination of the phase immediately after um, getting married or saying I do and it's also emphasis on the actual phase post the honeymoon period or post the actual honeymoon. Okay, so just to latch on to the previous episode of your perception of marriage, I'm quickly going to get one part of this evening's conversation out of the way before we move on to the crux of the conversation which Zarina mentioned was or is going to be the honeymoon or honeymooning phase. <clears throat> So the part that I want to get, let's say, out of the way, but latching on to last week was once you are done with your perception of what marriage was um, through your experiences or outlook towards your examples, now you're moving into what I refer to as the second wave. All right. And Zarina, we were talking about this earlier. What, what just... Uh, Help our listeners understand what the second wave is that I'm referring to. So we all know that at the moment, the second wave is a buzzword in South Africa and all around the world with the coronavirus taking its second hit. So that is not exactly what we're going to be speaking about. But in terms of second wave, it's it's a reference to... It's a reference to the honeymoon, the second phase, basically. So first phase being marriage, second phase being expectations thereof, or expectations of what the honeymoon period is. Yeah, and you know the honeymoon takes place directly after the I do and the reception and that whole celebratory um, event. Now, once you've got your perception out of the way, you're kind of building on a new set of perceptions and more so expectations toward the, uh, the event of I do. Um, now for me, and again, I can only speak for myself, even though Zarina and I are married, I do not want to speak for her. For me, going toward the day of marriage, which was the 10th 
of December 2017. Um, I kind of reached a point of letting go. Letting go of what? I let go of the control aspect around how that day would play out. The reason being part of my perception of the marriage was um, knowing my authentic purpose for marriage and that was to be with my wife, right? So for me the whole reception and all that was not my focus point. My focus point was the moment after the reception. For me the reception was more for the guests, was more for our witnesses, our friends, our family. So I kind of handed that over or let go of those expectations. Now when I refer to expectations of the wedding day, um, I've seen this in my family and in my media circles. For most it is governed through culture, traditions, um, maybe what the parents, the family would like to see happen on that day. And often it turns into a big, um, let's call it discussion or debate um, between individuals and then often arising or, or creating um, this <clears throat> distaste in your mouth before you even reach the altar or the mosque or the church um, or saying I do. And I decided that that is not going to be my focus point or authentic self regarding marriage and that my focus would be Zarina and what happens after that. And that is the honeymooning phase that Zarina was referring to. So um, Zarina, I don't know if you want to uh, just speak quickly on any expectations that you maybe had towards the day of our marriage or anything you let go of. Um, yeah, just what are your thoughts on that? Well, for me, I definitely didn't have any expectations. And now, while this might sound weird, um, being the bride, um, which we all know takes the limelight on our wedding day, um, the truth was that after three proposals and many years of postponement, I couldn't care less about the detail of the wedding day. So I gave that responsibility up and it was really not the focus for me. Um, actually, to add to that is how we all know how people send out save the dates. Asif started sending me a countdown to our honeymoon <laughs> so we all know what he was looking forward to yeah and safe to say that i would definitely if i could redo that leave the travel arrangements and accommodation to my better half um, let's just say that's one surprise i would not really love it was great in the end um, yeah, we're not going to dive too much into that in terms because that is not the, um, you know, the focus point, but just to share a bit of insight on that. Serena, where did we go? Well, we um, actually went to Zanzibar, um, Stone Town. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. Isn't that a question we yeah. have to answer today? But um, where I lacked in my accommodation skills was just... Um, perceiving the name of the place on the beach 
actually not being on the beach. <laughs> it was quite a distance from the beach, but we kind of uh, turned that into a uh, adventure. Yeah, into no. an adventure. <laughs> Um, where we could actually see a bit more of the of the island than just being placed literally on uh, the beach. Or actually, Asif <laughs> got lucky when he married me. I'm always up for an adventure and up for the mystery of what awaits. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that will um, <clears throat> lead us nicely into the crux of this evening's conversation, which is the honeymooning phase. Now. The conversation, in case you're wondering, is not going to be around <clears throat> our honeymoon, the physical honeymoon that we spent in Zanzibar, but rather the concept of honeymoon or honeymooning. Now, by dictionary definition, a honeymoon is basically a trip or an, um, a holiday that a newly married couple takes, usually straight after or immediately from the reception, they move off and then go either for a weekend or week, whatever but it's a holiday. So for me, that physical um, description or representation of a honeymoon was, in my view, to, to unwind and relax from all the, let's call it expectations or um, hassles or um, hurdles that we had to face leading up to the marriage and even on the wedding day and so forth. So for me, that was a time just to rejuvenate and recuperate in an environment where there's obviously no family, no uh, uh, known environments or circumstances where you can just be you and actually discover yourself or let go and find out who you are with your partner in a new environment or setting before returning from that honeymoon and let's call it starting your co-journey. So for me, that represented a time, a physical time, where we've just come from um, years of dating and trials and tribulations leading up to our marriage and then, you know, letting go of these expectations on the wedding day and then enjoying a week away um, and exploring the place and kind of not focusing on, oh, we just got married, but rather that I'm here with somebody experiencing a moment in time and sharing that moment and this happens to be my wife now um, before we land and unpack and now start, let's call it the real journey going forward. So Zarina, I don't know if you had any different perception or um, representation of that let's call it the physical honeymoon and you will understand why I'm calling it the physical honeymoon um, uh, soon did you have any perception regarding the honeymoon or any expectations what what did it represent or mean to you well for me I've always um, dreamed of and I had a fantasy about what the honeymoon would be um, it was, as Asif said, by dictionary definition, a post-wedding um, celebration of a union um, where we get to really enjoy being together for the first time as husband and wife. Um, this period was, although Asif has told you about the actual physical experience of booking our accommodation not so close to the beach um, 
I found my honeymoon to be one of my best trips yet. So um, my experience was exactly what I fantasized about my entire life. And let's just say I had an idea that the adventure, the laughter, the fascination, the midnight walks would be everlasting. Now that word everlasting, I'm not going to put a full stop there. I'm going to add a comma. So the reason why I brought up my accommodation skills that sucked is we could easily laugh about it during that period. Because we know this is a honeymoon, it's a holiday, so it's temporary. everything goes. So you kind of see this as just temporary, right? But not realizing that when you do come home, your co-journey actually starts. And why can't you carry that same mindset of honeymooning throughout your journey? And that is the crux of this evening's conversation. The mindset or mentality or emotional honeymoon right now we just see the honeymoon as that once off event that took place after the wedding and right here goes marriage type of thing so for example if and and this we kind of had to reflect on through experiences so it's not that we uh, live this great life since marriage or things like that it, it was a challenge it was eye-opening it was reflective but because we opened up to reflecting and communicating about it and understanding it that we could, excuse me, we could actually come up with this type of conversation and phrase in terms of the mental or mindset of honeymooning. So I'll give you a simple example for I'm not the best geographically um, dispositioned individual. So my wife often says I have the um, mind or memory of a goldfish um, so if I had to do accommodation bookings now for a normal simple holiday or I take the wrong route perhaps now she's very good geographically um, it started off with irritation or frustration and thinking back to your honeymoon it was an adventure so why why I started questioning and then opened up that conversation and we reflected on it like why can't it be that your mentality or your mindset still lingers and carries on with that type of honeymooning phase where let's say anything goes and everything goes um, is there anything you would like to add on that in terms of the um, the mindset of honeymooning well, like I said, um, and I'd probably just emphasize on it that the mindset is of a honeymoon and the actual post-honeymoon um, post phase, if I could say that, is that it's everything you didn't expect. Um, and whilst on honeymoon or when you're thinking of of going away all you're doing is living a fantasy and so my perception on post honeymoon is simply the lack of expectation 
okay um, now that word expectation we've come to realize is a very dangerous word if you have a let's call it a negative or unhealthy relationship with expectation so if it doesn't go your way right so if you do have an expectation post honeymoon that um, your co-journey after your honeymoon once you've unpacked your, your suitcases and now you've settled into your place and now you're starting to live with another person and those expectations aren't met um, how do you then deal with it so this is where we or where I refer to it as your mentality or your mindset of a honeymoon phase so if you are able to endure and you could overcome small things let's call it on your actual physical honeymoon what stops you from actually changing your mindset to continuing that type of approach in your everyday life and viewing because by definition like i said a honeymoon is a holiday now we are not by the means to go on holiday every time there is a problem or every year we can spend money or every you know so why not experience that type of approach to your marriage and your co-journey um, by the holiday in your mind let's call it that so it is a mental manifestation of your physical environment and um, yeah so we mentioned what Zanzibar the physical um, honeymoon phase actually symbolized or meant to us so I would just like to hear from Zarina and um, to share her thoughts in terms of uh, how would you differentiate um, the the initial honeymoon and continued honeymoon phase and its importance to um, let's call it a healthy union or marriage. Okay, without lying, um, I was of the belief that everything will be smooth sailing. So in the previous podcast, you would have heard the many trials we had and the challenges we faced, the idea of marriage being a prison to me, and now finally working through all of those issues and all of those perceptions and ideas to a state of finally saying I do and proceeding and going ahead. At this stage, I... I start to paint a picture of marriage being an absolute blissful time. (laughs) So I go from one extreme to the next, Um, from prison to bliss. And so here we are taking a, a physical trip to Zanzibar, having a number of challenges. not going to miss in the but from accommodation to transport to the beach to uh, uh, food to my husband has allergies (laughs) let's just say anybody going to Zanzibar we will give you the back roads to the beach so whilst Zanzibar had um, many challenges we chose to see the unique beauties um, and the simple beauties that we experience together like 
um, the the culture and the authenticity and the people and the friendliness and the fact that we knew how to say hello in Swahili was an absolute joy to us. And coming back home and having to start the physical, mental, emotional journey of actually being married, um, I think that Zanzibar set set the tone for us um, and in a in a big way it uh, it helped us to see the little joys um, and yeah we've been carrying that ever since I think yeah and we've we in December we will be married for three years now when Zarina says bliss not that she's smoking something or she's on a on a you know um, substance high um, it takes time it takes consideration it takes communication it takes work because there's many times that sometimes we just need to cool off in our own separate areas but what makes um, our union unique is that we we try not to fault or fall into the trap of losing who you are as an individual now that would be the um, focus discussion for another podcast for another day but just know that that would be the reason for a healthy union. You're not losing who you are, but you also see the value in the partner that you have chosen to carry through into a mindset of a honeymoon, right? To carry you through your your continuation of your marriage and your union and going through challenges. Like if we could laugh about walking through dirt roads and back roads to get to the beach, why can't we laugh about me taking a wrong turn while we're driving or something like that, you know? But I think we get caught up so in the hustle of everyday life, family, friends, expectations, um, celebrations and things like that, that you kind of forget that you need to just take a step back and look at just you and your partner and your family if you have one, uh, your kids and so forth, and just realize and Take your memory back to that day of your physical honeymoon and what it symbolizes and symbolized or meant to you and carry that through in terms of your mindset or your approach towards everyday challenges and keeping a healthy, um, polished and clean um, relationship or union despite challenges that every couple experiences um yeah so so just to add on to that um this is completely right we often till today i'm not going to candy coat this in any way um we often still experience those little frustrations um that's often evoked by something much deeper and that's one thing you need to understand it's that it's actually not that you're not sure which road to take or you frustrated that someone didn't do the dishes or you're frustrated that you're coming home late and you still have to do the cooking. There's always a something underlying that's taken place that evokes that emotion. Um, and since over the last three years, I can definitely stand testament to this that 
we have not taken on any roles um, that's specific to gender, identity, culture. We have not taken on any responsibilities in terms of um, what we think we should do. What we have done is whoever is available to do the task does the task. And that's, I think in society, that's a hard one um, to achieve. Usually we know that women, and I would get some flack for saying this, but it still holds some, some lots of truth. Women are in the kitchen and men are out in the garden, um, you know, for lack of a better way of saying this. Yeah, but, and not to dive too deep into that, but that would be another section mm-hmm. of the podcast in terms of who were you prior to marriage and what have you brought along with you in your suitcase into the marriage and unpacking it into the marriage. Um, yeah, so that refers to, you know, who you were as an individual and now as a couple. Yeah. So... Um, just some last thoughts and words in terms of the theme for this evening, which is honeymooning. And that would be to, to enjoy the union that you have entered into, provided that your perception and your reason was authentic, right? And if you are experiencing challenges in um, finding that, uh, let's call it golden pathway, of walking a healthy union or marriage, then perhaps you should consider coaching um, and and working through certain um, struggles that you experience either as individuals or as individuals together, right? Because it's not the marriage that's a problem. It's the individuals in that union called marriage, right? So then we kind of give marriage the bad name for it, but not realizing that it takes two to tango and it is the two individuals that just could not make it either on this journey but then kind of separate because they just plastered it as ah we couldn't work instead of understanding why it could not work and then possibly through that understanding it can be resolved and you can lead a more healthier relationship so um yeah so i think my final thoughts would be um in terms and again for the males um tuning in that we we too can be vulnerable in terms of opening up to conversation and trying to understand our partners instead of like serena said assuming a gender specific male role of being the head of the house and the king of the castle for example um and that your wife should be doing certain things for you. I mean, come on, if you are hungry, um, I, I know of certain individuals that will wait and probably blame their starvation on their wife's um, unavail to the kitchen or the pots, um, as if you did not know what those instruments were before you got married. So... Um, yeah, and I speak openly and without any prejudice or offense that, you know, we, we can also take up certain duties where, where we can show loving roles and um, performances in our marriage that is going perhaps against the general norm of what a male should be. But in the end, it's not the world that you are pleasing. 
it is your healthy relationship that you are trying to ensure. So Zarina, any uh, last thoughts or words around honeymooning and healthy relationships for our female listeners? Well, I think it's applicable to all listeners um, that the post, post-wedding celebrations can definitely continue for as long as you want it to. Um, and so when you, like I said earlier, when you learn to celebrate the small wins, the small joys, and really take each other, um, not take each other for granted, but just love each other for exactly who you are without trying to change the other, I think that the post wedding celebrations can last a lifetime and again we only do have three years of experience but thus far it is definitely worked in our favor okay so that's all the time that we have for this evening so just to um, you know consolidate the conversation for this evening um, we spoke about the second wave regarding your expectations that you have now that you've worked out your perception of marriage. Your expectation comes now in. So hopefully those who are um, working towards the altar and I do, you do not have this massive second wave behind you going to crash down on you and where you lose your authentic self and reason for getting married. And we do trust that you will be having an awesome physical honeymoon. To those of us that are already married and even those who are still getting married, um, try and reflect on this concept of a honeymoon mentality, emotional, um, mental state of honeymooning, where you take in those positive aspects of what a honeymoon actually represents and you carry it through into your co-journey when you land back home and start unpacking the suitcases and starting your actual journey called marriage. So we trust that this evening's conversation and topic shed some light and reflection on um, on those who are married and intend on getting married. Um, yeah, and that's all the time that we have for this evening. Thanks again for tuning in and listening. And we look forward to seeing you soon on the next podcast of Marriage and Me. Bye for now.